Well, hello once again, everyone, and welcome to this just one podcast away from show 200 for Treks in Sci-Fi. This is, of course, then 199. Yes, I can do math this early on a Sunday morning. It is November the 16th, 2008, and I'm back. It's, gosh, it seemed like a long time since I've podcast, since I wasn't, uh, I didn't do a show last week. We had a, a great show uh, with the, the Moyers guesting and some other special guests that uh, helped fill in and do a very cool uh, podcast that I very much enjoyed listening to and hope everyone else uh, who listens to Treks in Sci-Fi also enjoyed it as well. This week we are going to look at the Voyager episode Bride of Chaotica, which is kind of a, a different uh, but just kind of a fun romp kind of episode from season five of the series. Uh, I've got a cool new collectible later on to look at in the show and lots to talk about related to the Star Trek movie. Lots of hap- lots, lots has hap- half happened. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Ah, excuse me. Lots has happened, has happened in the last couple of weeks regards to the movie. Enterprise images have been released. The trailer is out and lots to talk about. Uh, in relation to the trailer... I have seen it in the theater, and I'll talk about that here in a few minutes, but uh, I thought rather than playing the little opening musical cue, I will play the audio from the trailer. Now, it's not officially out, and I I went back and forth on whether to play this or not on the podcast this week, because I know some people have kind of been holding off on watching it. Now, all I'll say is if you want to hold off and you don't even want to hear the audio for the trailer, when I say go, basically the next two minutes, two minutes and five seconds will be the audio from the new Star Trek uh, movie trailer that will be coming out, of course, next May 8th, 2009. So if you'd like to avoid listening to that uh, and be a little more surprised when you see it, it will be out officially Monday, uh, tomorrow. So uh, by the time probably most people are getting this podcast, you will be able to see this thing officially online. So I figured that was kind of the deciding factor of slipping it into the podcast. So without further ado, here we go with the brand new Star Trek trailer. This is about two minutes long. Let's go. The wait is over. 
Well, there you have it, folks. The trailer to the Star Trek movie that we've all been looking forward to and waiting for um, for quite a while. It seems, gosh, I, almost since I've been doing this podcast, I believe, this uh, movie has been talked about. Well, maybe not quite that long. I think about 2006, uh, maybe late 2005 it was announced. But I'll have to look that up again. Anyway, I know there's a whole timeline out there on that Uh but it's been a long time, and it's even longer, of course, when they push the, the release time and date to uh, next May uh, as opposed to could have been just a month or so away when it was going to come out on Christmas of this year. So I will uh, – uh, let's talk about a few other things first before we get heavy into the trailer, I think. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks, like I said, since I've done the show and a few things to catch up on. The first thing I want to make sure I announce is that, again, next weekend will be Big Show 200 a video cast that uh, hopefully will be including several videos from people who listen to the show, forum members, and so on, uh, doing uh, some kind of a Star Trek little uh, act out or sketch uh, or skit. Uh, or the idea was to do a scene uh, of something that you enjoy from Trek, from either TV series or movie, and uh, a few minutes long. You know, three minutes, if give or take, would be great uh, on average through four minutes, and send those on in, and I will sort of compile them all together and throw in a little bit of my own stuff and release that for show 200 and talk about some things about the show and the podcast and the future and things uh, uh, things that's the word of the day folks that's what i'll be using today all day long <laughs> but i i really uh, think it'll be a lot of fun and the deadline to get those videos to me so i have the a good portion of next weekend to kind of put things together will be um the uh, the end of the day on Friday, Friday, November, what is that, the 21st, yes, please get those videos to me. If you have any questions about what to send, how to send it, uh, the file formats, any details like that, just email me at treksf at gmail.com, and I will help you out with all of that. What's the latest Star Trek movie? Let's find out. What do you say we go? Okay, uh, yeah, lots of big things, of course, and I knew this was coming. You know, when the James Bond movie came out, uh, the you know the talk for the last couple of months or so has been was pretty much um, that the trailer, the full, the first full real trailer to show scenes from the film would show up with the James Bond movie, which I, I saw both uh, yesterday for the first time in the movie theater on Saturday and uh, in, and enjoyed quite a bit of uh, both of them. Uh, let's go back, though, a little bit before the trail. Let's talk a little bit about the the uh, image of the Enterprise, the new Enterprise image that was released a few days prior to that on the web. Uh, there's, of course, been a lot of heated discussion both about the Enterprise look and the trailer. Uh, let's talk about the Enterprise real briefly, at least my impressions, and, and kind of just give people some things to think about. It. Nowhere, basically, during this whole process did I ever believe that this ship would look, the Enterprise would look, you know, very much like it did in the original series, even though, you know, the time frame for this is the early days, of course, of Kirk and Spock, primarily. So you would expect, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, an Enterprise that should kind of look like the Enterprise from the original series. Now, this, I think we're going to just sort of segue into the trailer discussion because it all is kind of one and the same. You know, when, when J.J. decided to do this and, and the talk that I've always heard him say, 
you know, was this sort of his his vision of it, his sort of take on things. You know, okay, there's an Enterprise. It has two engines out, out and back there and kind of a big saucer section and a primary hull and a secondary hull and all that. And, and that's kind of what he did. It looks to me, you know, very much a lot like the original motion picture Enterprise to, um, to a lot of reasons for that, you know, or because of a lot of reasons. It uh, it is definitely a sort of more sleek, souped-up version of the Enterprise, and I think it's fine and it works. And, and this will lead into, like I said, the trailer discussion. I, I'm I'm just when the trailer started, when I saw the Bond movie yesterday, I was just really very excited. The it was the first thing they showed, uh, you know, once the, the lights go down and they show you the trailers, and you know the way this trailer starts out without giving out too many things if people haven't seen it. Is not you, you don't at all immediately think that this is a Star Trek trailer. They, he does that on purpose, and I think it's a very good. Uh, I think it was a, just a brilliant kind of move on his part to make it, uh, you know, something that could be maybe a little more relatable to to modern audiences rather than just showing, you know, these guys in funny looking costumes and spaceships and stuff like that. That's in the trailer, of course, too. But he doesn't start out that way, and I think that's going to show us a little bit about how he's involving the characters and sort of where they come from and a little bit about their personalities more than uh, he needed maybe to. Well, not to, I shouldn't say needed to, but uh, something that I'm really looking forward to, and that's to get into you know where do these characters all come from, uh, what motivates them, and things like that. And, I, again, I think that the way he starts the trailer is just perfect. I, I really enjoy that a lot. Uh, again, the you know there's there's a lot of chatter, even though these trailers and you know officially it'll be out tomorrow, but uh, you know they're all over YouTube and on torrent networks and that people got it you know slipped into the movie theater and filmed the trailer. Uh, I know they wanted to have a couple of days where they were trying to kind of encourage people to go see the Bond movie and hey you get to see the Star Trek trailer too. So I know why they do this, why they don't just have them both come out on the web at this or you know the web and at the movie theater at the same time. Uh, I'm going to use a couple of analogies in, in talking about the trailer. I, I like it. I, I love it. I think this is a great idea. I, I think it would have been really, truly a mistake to make it look too much like the original series. I, I don't think that's the way they needed to go or should have gone with this. It is much like even if I was given the opportunity. I don't know if I'd go as far as it looks like J.J. did in changing some of thing, some of the things and some of the look of stuff in the in the film but it, you know I've only seen a couple of minutes of it now so I'm not going to kind of completely judge uh, that kind of decision you know the look and that but the feel of it and I don't know how to describe it just the the way he put it together and, and just the the voiceover which I believe is is Captain Pike uh, played by Bruce Greenwood I believe that's him talking and talking either about Kirk or to Kirk uh, is is just really well done, and I think that's again a, a very interesting idea and a way a good way to do it. Uh, you know, the look in that it's it to me it's a little bit secondary. I, I like it again, but it's it's gonna really you know a lot of those diehard Trekkies that were there you know back in the '60s first watching the show I know are gonna have some issues, but I, I hope that people just still again keep an open mind and of course we'll go see it in may i i have no doubts that this movie is going to be successful i have no doubts that people are still going to flock to it and enjoy it i really don't uh, see how it can do anything but be- succeed at this point um, what the going back to what i was going to kind of compare this to i'm a big comic book fan i've talked about comics quite a bit well 
uh, off and on on the podcast, but there is a Marvel comic series called The Ultimates out there. And for comic book fans, you will know immediately probably what I'm heading towards and going to talk about. If you're not familiar with it, everyone knows that there's a Spider-Man comic and there's a Captain America comic and there's an X-Men comic and all that. What you might not know is Marvel, several years ago, and they launched it with a, a new Spider-Man title, is they sort of created, a, in a way, kind of a, it's not a true parallel universe, but it's sort of like an alternate version of all these heroes that they've done for 40, 50 years. And just like Star Trek that's been around for quite a long time, uh, the comic book industry in Marvel and DC, they've always had a little bit of a problem of... How do they get people to start watching, or not watching in the comic book sense, but but reading and picking up issues of, say, Spider-Man, when there's all this history, 40 or 50 years of it? It's it's a little bit imposing and, and a little hard to to jump into because you, you don't know who's the bad guys, who are the villains, who are all the characters, what what's the, you know, what's the motivation. It, you don't have all that background. You haven't read comics for years and years. So the, the neat way to do this is what you do is you create a new title. They called it Ultimate Spider-Man in this case. And you bring Spider-Man and Peter Parker back to when he was just growing up and still going to high school. And you have sort of the familiar things that, that people that have read Spider-Man a long time that I know they're in there, but there's sort of a new take on it. And, you know, Mary Jane is in there and the villains, you know, the Green Goblin and all that stuff. But it's, it's sort of an updated and a new version and, and sort of an alternate take on all of that. And you don't need to know anything before that. You, you get to see Spider-Man, you know, run into, say, the Green Goblin for the first time and, and that. So that is exactly, to me, what they're doing with Star Trek here. They're, they're, they're using the characters and people that, you know like I and most people that listen to the podcast know and love, and but they're they're putting kind of a new polish and a new spin on it all. And, again, I think it's a great idea. They do that with, um, they've done it with Batman in the movies. They've done it with James Bond, of course, to great success over these last couple of films, which, by the way, I really enjoyed the most recent uh, movie, Quantum of Solace. I thought that was a really good follow-up to Casino Royale. Um, but it's just, it, you have to do this. You you. If you continue to just go over and over and over old ground or even go back to it, I think that's uh, it, it's going to be difficult to maintain and, and grab new fans and bring people in to see it that, you know, especially like I have kids that, you know, one's in college, one's a senior in high school, and I've shown them some of the older Trek and, and of course, the other series and things. And, and, you know, one of them's a little more into it than the other, but they've never, of course, really been into it and grabbed by it like I have because I didn't, you know, they didn't grow up with it. When you're younger, it, you, you're much more open to things like that, and you're much more, um, I, yeah, I, I hate, you know, I guess the word's impressionable to a degree. But the things you grow up with are the things I think you have nostalgia about and that you love as you get older and and all of that. And this is sort of Star Trek Four. I, I hate to say it, but the new generation or another generation to a degree. Uh, and again, I think it's still going to appeal to people like us that have watched Trek and enjoyed it a lot of, over the years. This isn't really, I don't think, going to disrupt any of that, and it's not going to eliminate anything from the original series at all. Or uh, I just think it's great that they're doing it and that they're giving it a shot in the you know in the arm, kind of like this. And I could ramble probably the whole podcast about this topic. There's been some discussion on my forum, on the uh, Treks and Sci-Fi forums. Hey, sign up, join up. Oh, I have to mention something about that before I forget. 
uh, we'll just sort of fade away from the the trailer and and movie talk. Uh, the I've been getting a lot of people applying to the forum that are definitely bogus and spam related. Uh, just email addresses. It's very easy to tell by the usernames and the email addresses that you, whoever is doing this or whatever people or organizations or spam, you know, central places that are doing all this, uh, you might as well give up now. I know this has been happening to other places and other forums as well, but I basically stopped uh, registration. If you would like to join the forum, though, there is still a way to do it. Just email me at treksf at gmail.com and I will set you up with an account. But that will take you to write a couple of sentences. Hey, I'm such and such. I've been listening to the show. I'd love to join your forum. And, you know, you can tell me the username you'd like, and I can slip that in and all that. But spam machines and computers that do these things automated won't be able to do that. I will probably open it back up to to a little more automated process in a couple of weeks once this current rash of this uh, stops. But I just wanted to mention that here on the podcast so people know. There's a little message up in the forum, too, that states that as well. So... Anyway, that is Rico's diatribe about the trailer and the new Enterprise and everything. I, 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 I'm trying. I'm not really trying to defend it at all. I'm just trying to explain. I think some of the reasons behind what they did, uh, and I, I'm not really all that concerned. Actually, I think this movie is going to be a great success. I think it's going to surprise a lot of people of how much fun it is. One thing, I, uh, one other little tidbit I will say about the trailer that I was just a little surprised about, but maybe not completely. This is obviously going to be you know, the, just the beginning. We're going to see a lot more trailers and images over the next several months. We've got, you know, six months to go about uh, that they didn't, I did not see, there's a lot of images that flash very fast by in this trailer, but I didn't see Leonard Nimoy at all, which I was just a little surprised about. I would have thought with, you know, getting him in the movie and making such a big um, thing about that, that they would have at least shown a quick flash of his face or something in the in the trailer, maybe he's saving that for a for a different take on it and a new trailer that we'll see, you know, in a few months. I'm sure he'll show up in a trailer at some point, uh, and maybe he just wanted to keep this uh, fresh to show all the new faces and and everything like that. Uh, I, I'm sure they they went back and forth about it a lot, uh, but I was a little just a little surprised about that. I thought they might have slipped him in there. So uh, I think that's about it. I've babbled on enough. I really got to get into the Voyager episode because I'm going to look at it in uh, in its entirety. We're going to play the episode, and I'm going to comment as we go. Uh, so this is going to be, uh, you know, we talked about the trailer. We're going to talk about uh, Bride of Chaotica and then a collectible, and we're going to wrap it up. Oh, I do want to play one other thing, though. Um, no, I, I think I'll save that till later. I got a couple of commentary things from some listeners that I think I will hold to later in the podcast at the end. Probably going to be a long show, it's looking like, folks, but I've never heard complaints about that. So uh, without uh, any further ado, do I say that a lot? I think I do. Is that a Shakespeare line? I don't know. We will. Uh, I'm going to take a uh, little a short break here, and then we will come right back with Bride of Chaotica. No. Come on. <laughs> Pretend Jen, not, like we're singing. I'm not singing. We're not. No, I'm not singing. Well, you record it. And you could say that right there, and that would be funny. I know. That's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> I'm creating comedy. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to You're create comedy. Sing. Yes. Well, no, I'm trying to create comedy, like, right now. I know. That's, As we that's speak. funny. <laughs> that's funny. I'm helping you create comedy. This is Angela. <laughs> and this is Jen. We're from the Anomaly Podcast. You're listening to Rico on Trex and Sci-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, here we go with uh, Bride of Chaotica. The Adventures of Captain Proton, Chapter 18, Bride of Chaotica. The evil Dr. Chaotica kidnaps Constance Goodhart and plans to sacrifice her to Arachnia, Queen of the Spider People. <laughs> Captain Proton travels millions of miles to Planet X, where he will invade the Fortress of Doom. Chaotica fires his fiendish death ray. Certain death for Proton as his rocket ship bursts into flames. We didn't burst into flames in the last chapter. Why are these recaps always so inaccurate? Well, they brought people back to the theaters. Cliffhangers. The lost art of hyperbole. You ready? Aye, Captain. Let's get this show on the road. Computer, begin chapter 18. We're receiving a transmission. It's Chaotica. Imagizing. Captain Proton. Surrender. Not a chance. Release Miss Goodhart and we'll be on our way. I'm afraid your secretary has already been promised to Queen Arachnia as a supreme sacrifice. <laughs> You'll never get away with this. Oh, ho, 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 but I shall. You escaped from my death ray once, but you won't survive this. He's charging the weapon. Brace for impact. Direct hit. We lost both engines. Steering jets are on the fritz. Ah, uh, Harry's always got to fix the uh, ship when it breaks down. We're going down! The landing gear is jammed! Hang on! Opening hatch. Welcome to Planet X. What's the plan? Oh, this is the part where we defeat Chaotica's soldiers, steal their uniforms, and make our way through the underground caverns. Hey, I thought you said there were slave girls in this chapter. After we infiltrate the Fortress of Doom, we'll free Chaotica's harem. Let's go. I'm right behind you. Planet X looks kind of familiar. What was the last place we went to? Mines of Mercury. They're identical. Oh, sets were expensive. At least there's no erupting volcano this time. Ah, behold, the Fortress of Doom. And how are we <laughs> supposed to get up there? I told you, the underground I love the music cavern. in this episode especially. Right. It's a lot of fun. I thought you said there was no volcano. I did. Uh... Tom. Now they're seeing, of course, some kind of weird chaotica. Alright. Style down the theme music here a little bit and uh, we'll talk about this episode. This is Bride of Chaotica exclamation point. It is from season five of Star Trek Voyager, of course. Uh 
This one, uh, the story is by a guy named Brian Fuller, who's been kind of in the news, uh, truck news lately, as somebody uh, that uh, is sort of throwing his hat out there for wanting to work on a new Star Trek series. He uh, worked on the story on this. He also wrote the teleplay along with Michael Taylor, directed by Alan Croker, who was a, a fairly regular director on Voyager. This, uh, the guest stars in this episode, there's, of course, Dr. Chaotica, played by a guy named Mar- Martin Rayner. There's Lonzak, uh, Nicholas Wirth, uh, a couple others, uh, but those are the main two. And, of course, we have this whole Captain Proton uh, set and hollow adventure. Is it, you know, it became a, sort of a regular thing a little bit for uh, for both uh, Tom Paris and Harry Kim to, to kind of, uh, that was their little holodeck adventure to relax with. Uh, of course, like all good, you know, adventures on the holodeck, things don't quite work out as planned. And there's other things, of course, uh, cropping up in this episode that cause some problems as well. But uh, I was always a big fan of, you know, some old Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers serials. They were, of course, way, really, way before my time. Very, way, way back. I'm not that old, <laughs> but it's uh, it's just fun to see sci-fi done that long ago, and the kind of things they thought about, you know, going to other worlds and what it would be like in space travel and and things. So, all right, here we go. Back to uh, the episode, Bride of Chaotica. Unable to comply. Holodeck controls are offline. Paris to bridge. Bridge, respond. We need to find the manual overrides. There's an access port on the rocket ship. Come on in. Report. We dropped out of warp. We're at a dead stop. Cause? Unknown. Engines are operational. I'm reading gravimetric forces around the ship. They're disrupting our power flow. Control systems are going offline. I no longer have access to communications. Deflector? Weapons? Scan for vessels. Tractor beams. Anything that might explain what's holding us here. Hold! In the name of Chaotica! Proton! Buddy of yours? Surprised. You thought I perished in the den of crocodiles. We don't have time for this. I survived! Clinging to the thought that I would one day! (laughs) Harry just sort of shoots the guy again as he walks by, kind of like that. Sensors show that we've entered a layer of subspace. It's disrupting our warp field. Do we have impulse? Yes. Those and layers of subspace always again a problem. No change in our position. Route all available power to the engines. We're not moving. The impulse reactor's running hot. We're heading for an overload. Give it all she's got. Full thrusters. No effect. Reactors are critical. Abort! Increase power to the structural integrity field. We may be here a while. It's no use. I can't disengage the program. Well, you better think of something fast, Proton. 
The second distortion just appeared. Whatever they are, they're getting bigger. Hold on. I've got access to the transporter. I'm gonna try a sight to sight. There's a third one. Darn holodecks, but they got out okay. I've run a transpectral analysis. The barrier between normal space and subspace is unstable throughout this region. Basically, we've run aground on a subspace sandbar. I've tried realigning the warp field, reversing hull polarity. Maybe we should just get out and push. The gravimetric forces are disrupting our control systems. As long as we're trapped here, we won't have access to the computer core, tactical holodecks, and all but six replicators. What about those distortions on the no holodeck? No food. What's the connection? Have to eat Neelix's they food. They to be random energy fluctuations. I don't believe they pose a threat. Let's keep an eye on them anyway. And evacuate that deck just to be safe. A few years back, when I was a science officer on the Albatani, we tried to navigate a dense proto-nebula that stopped us dead in our tracks. For three days, we attempted to force our way out until we realized we were trying too hard. Captain? Every time we engaged the engines, we were increasing the resistance of the nebula's particle field. We may be facing a similar situation. Our own warp field may be increasing the gravimetric forces. If we power down the core and use minimal thrusters, we might be able to break free. You took the words right out of my mouth. Your plan could work. Now that we have your blessing, let's give it a try. <laughs> Why didn't he say anything about the holodeck issue there? That's the thing I don't get. At least he didn't say it right then. Now we're back on the holodeck. They're showing us uh, those two distortion fields. And there's a couple of guys who look like old-time like G-men with suits and hats that sort of appeared in the holodeck. And, uh, of course, we'll learn more about these characters uh, soon throughout this Hold episode. In the name of Chaotica! We intend no harm. Seize them! Lower the drawbridge. We are bringing prisoners. Ah, the drawbridge. You gotta have a drawbridge when you have an evil lair, right? Yes, 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 Lonzak. What do you want? Your Majesty. This guy, uh, Lonzak, here is an old character actor. I've seen him. He shows up in a lot of kind of B movies uh, as kind of a, a henchman or a bad guy. I like the way they they picked him for this henchman type role. Oh, and the robot in this uh, episode here is really cool. It's just like a big round box and silver. From another dimension. The fifth dimension. Bring them to me. I also thought, of course, it was a great use of making the this holodeck adventure in black and white, of course, in the episode itself. <laughs> the parts on Voyager are in you color. You insult me! I am Chaotica, ruler of the cosmos. Kneel before his majesty. I said, kneel! You have invaded my planet. Why? To contact other photonic life forms. To learn from them. Are you alone? Or are you the vanguard of an invading army? We are explorers. I'm growing weary of this charade. 
Your armies will be no match for my space force. This guy, of course, looks like much says. like Ming uh, on the awesome. Flash Gordon serials did. The way they made Indeed. him up and the way he acts even. Looks uh, very much like that. Coward. He'll learn there's no escape from Chaotica. Gather my space force. Power the death ray. At once, Majesty. Gotta have Take a death ray. Miss Goodheart to Arachnia. Invite the Queen to join me in battle. Together, we will rain destruction on the fifth dimension. Captain's log, supplemental. We've been spinning our wheels for three days now and still no progress in breaking free of the subspace layer. Look on the bright side, there's only three meals a day. Coffee, black. Uh, sorry, Captain, we lost two more replicators this morning. Listen to me very carefully, because I'm only going to say this once. Coffee, black. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Coffee, black. While I've got your attention, there are... Coffee first. Now, what's the problem? It's a, it's a delicate matter. I don't have time to play 20 questions, Neelix. Replicators aren't the only systems of convenience offline. We've only got four functioning laboratories for a ship of 150 people. I see. Uh, needless to say, lines are beginning to form. If we don't get unstuck soon, we may have a serious problem on our hands. Uh, especially with the Bolians. Uh, all the pre-sonic <laughs> showers are offline, too. In another couple of days... I get the idea. Captain to the bridge. On my way. I'm going to leave these problems in your capable hands. Yes, ma'am. Now, I was thinking if we drew up a schedule that... Whatever it takes... Status. The warp core has been powered down, thrusters at standby. Okay, let's give it a try. Take us out of town. Nice and slow. We're moving. Two meters per second. Three meters. Steady. Nine meters. Ten. Increase power to the thrusters by 50%. We're approaching the subspace boundary. 25 meters per second. Uh, wait a minute. We're slowing down. 19 meters per second, 18. Captain, I'm reading power surges. Source. Unknown, but they look like weapon signatures. I'm not reading any of the ships in the area. We've stopped. I've localized the weapons fire. It's emanating from within the ship. Deck six, holodeck two. Who's still on that deck? No one. No life signs. There's a program running. It's Captain Proton. Proton? Can you shut it down? Negative. Control system still malfunctioning. Tuvok, get down there and find out what's happening. We'll join him. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> 
again, why why didn't they say anything about that? I guess with everything else going on, maybe they didn't think the two were connected or that it was just a, a malfunction, but... It appears that a battle took place. No, yeah, they're in Believe here me, and it's, it's pretty wasn't like messed this when up. I left. I must have missed a few chapters. Holodeck programs don't normally run by themselves. No kidding. She's dead. Who is she? Constance Goodhart, my secretary. This doesn't make sense. She isn't supposed to die. She's one of the good guys. I am sure you two were very close. But she is a holodeck character. A character from 1930s Hollywood. The good guys never get killed. Something's wrong here. Satan's robot. Naturally. One thing I always wonder about um, starships and, and when they ever have malfunctioning things like this, you know, and they always say, you know, computer controls are offline, we can't shut it down, we can't do this, we can't do that. Don't they Looks still have, like, like wiring and conduits? They talk about that. Can't you just sort of pull the plug on, on a section circuitry. or on a, on a holodeck, for example? How do you propose we I've never understood why it always has to be First everything's all, through the computer. got to remove this damaged but, tube. No problem. Just a few crossed wires. Your knowledge of this technology is most impressive. <laughs> Thanks. Got it. Intruders! Intruders! Intruder! Intruder alert! Intruder alert! Tell us what happened! Reminds Invaders me of the old the Lost in Space dimension. robot. Invaders hey, from the calm fifth down! Dimension. How did these invaders get here? A portal! Fifth dimension? There's not supposed to be alien invaders in this story. That's in Captain Proton versus the Cosmic Creature. Invaders from the fifth dimension! Those subspace distortions. Take us to this portal. Yeah, I wonder who they got to go inside that robot suit for this. If it was, uh, you know, did there. they get regular actors? Or did they just sort of grab somebody from the crew? Now these subspace distortions the same are shooting the out, out into the planet. The fifth dimension. We must report this to the captain. Wait. I want to check my rocket ship first. Excuse me? It's got sensors. Sort of. Maybe they can tell us something Voyager sensors can't. I've established a visual link with the holodeck. The attack appears to be originating from subspace. Can you tell where it's coming from? No. What was that? Chaotica's death ray. Excuse me? Let's see if we can get a look inside his fortress. Find out what he's up to. Full power to the death ray! Arachnia! Queen of the spider people, you have not responded to my summons. Don't... I don't get it. Chaotica was supposed to be fighting Earth in this chapter. Apparently he's found a new enemy. 
the fifth dimension. It seems your infantile scenario now poses a security risk. It's just supposed to be a little harmless entertainment. Entertainment. Another frivolous human endeavor. These are your central readings? Telegram. It's a message to Captain Proton from the President of Earth. Intercepted communications between Dr. Chaotica and Arachnia. Stop. Chaotica at war with aliens from Fifth Dimension. Stop. Must strike now to disable Death Ray. Stop. Please <laughs> summarize the message. It looks like Chaotica has captured a couple of aliens from the Fifth Dimension. An alternate universe. Could be. Maybe they wandered into the holodeck through one of those distortions. To participate in a game. Intruder! I assume there's no locking mechanism on the hatch? It was a simpler time. Is he part of the program? I don't recognize him. Yeah, so it's the uh, guy from the fifth dimension Invaders. there. Invaders! Quiet. <laughs> Look, there's been a misunderstanding. I'm Ensign Paris from the Starship Voyager. This is Lieutenant Tuvok. You have killed 53 of my people. We haven't killed anyone. Ensign, everything you see here is a simulation. None of it's real. Simulation? A photonically based projection. All life is photonic. We are not. We are biochemical life forms. I'm not familiar with biochemical. We are carbon-based. We live aboard a starship. I believe we have become trapped in a region of space that intersects your own. We've detected no starship. Only this planet. This planet isn't real. As I told you, it's part of the simulation. Maybe we can help you adjust your sensors. You don't register as a life form. You are the illusion. We're as real as you are. Listen. Citizen of the fifth dimension, you will be destroyed. You. Wait! Wait! Damage. Damage. Require maintenance. Help. 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 <laughs> Let me get this straight. Transdimensional aliens have mistaken your Captain Proton simulation for reality. Yes, ma'am. And now an armed conflict has broken up between these aliens and Chaotica's holographic army. Yes, ma'am. His army of evil. <laughs> and will someone please explain why we haven't simply shut down the holodeck? We've tried. The controls are still offline. We're going to have to get through to these aliens somehow. Cut the wire. Pull the plug. Shadows. That's what I say. Oh, we've tried, but they don't believe us. They think that we're not real. They can't detect Voyager. So every time they scan us, we seem as artificial to them as holographic characters do to us. But the doctor wouldn't. That explains why they haven't answered our hails. The doctor is photonic. He may be able to persuade them. It's worth a try. Brief him. In the meantime, I think we should let the program play out. You're not suggesting we wait until this Chaotica defeats the aliens? No, no. I'm suggesting that we help the aliens to defeat Chaotica. They think that he's leading... Some kind of hostile invasion force. Once that threat is gone, it's a good bet that they will leave and close up their portals. How do you propose to defeat Chaotica? Well, he's been attacking the aliens with his death ray. It's a shame we don't have one. 
Now, forget about what it's called, Tuvok. In the world of Captain Proton, it's the most powerful weapon that there is. And because it's photonic, it's lethal to these aliens. Now, in chapter 18, Captain Proton disables this weapon just before Chaotica can use it to destroy Earth. And you think that Proton, namely you, of course, could still do that? Well, we'd have to knock out the lightning shield first. A force field. Yeah, now you're catching on. The destructo beam on my rocket ship can disable the death ray, but only if someone gets inside the Fortress of Doom and can shut down the lightning shield. And who's supposed to do that? Arachnia, queen of the spider people. Charming. <laughs> Chaotica thinks so. In the story, he's in love with her. He's been trying to form an alliance since chapter three. She's the only one that he trusts, the only one who can get close enough to disable the lightning shield. Somebody is going to have to take on her character. Who'd you have in mind? Oh, no. It's the role of a lifetime. Captain, need I remind you that we have exhausted all other possibilities of escaping this layer of subspace. Until we can eliminate those distortions, we're trapped. Think of it as Starfleet's first encounter with Planet X. Thanks. Uh, Captain, it won't be so bad. I can explain to you what you can expect. I can tell you... All right, all right. I'm a size four. What's the emergency? I've been enlisted. I'm supposed to make contact with our photonic friends from the fifth dimension and convince them to call off their attack. Congratulations. <laughs> Why do you need me? I love the it's doctor. And he's just, he's so excited. I'm of cosmetic you know. surgery. These are the parameters for my new costume. What are you going as, the Emperor of the Universe? Well, I've been forced to scale back my role in the interest of credibility. I'll be President of Earth. I must say, the idea of an entire universe populated by photonic beings is rather appealing. Well, if your mission fails, you could be taking a permanent residence. Jim to sick bay. Report to Holodeck 2, Doctor. You're all set. The new parameters will activate as soon as you enter the Holodeck. Thank you. Break a leg. So all I have to do is find the controls of this death ray and deactivate it. Well, it's not as simple as it sounds. Now, Chaotica might be a 1930s villain, but he's very clever. It'd help if you knew some of the rules. I'm listening. All right, well, first of all, he's a megalomaniac, so it's a good idea to appeal to his ego. Right. And um, use grandiose language. He likes to be called sire, and it helps to say things like, the clever fiendishness of your evil plan is brilliant. <laughs> Uh, now remember, much. it's ray gun, not phaser. Um, imagizer, not view screen. Earthlings, not Terrans. Got it. And uh, another thing, these villains always have a trick up their sleeve. Trap doors, secret weapons. It's the holodeck. I can't be hurt by weapons. <laughs> that doesn't mean that you can't be restrained or thrown into the dungeon of pain. Noted. Now, as soon as you get the death ray shut down, call me in my rocket ship and give me the signal to fire. You'll have to use Chaotica's broadcast. I thought they were trying to get rid of the lightning shield, this not the, uh, the death ray well, itself. Well, I've been but... studying how past generations viewed the future. And? Well, it didn't work out quite as black and white as they imagined. Now, specifications for Arachnia's costume. One more thing. If you have trouble with Chaotica or you can't get to the death ray, you can always uncork the pheromones. 
I beg your pardon. Uh, chapter 16, Spell of the Spider. Arachnia sends Chaotica a vial of her irresistible potion. Now, whenever he gets a whiff, he's under her spell. I get the picture. Yeah, well, <laughs> my point is, is that these pheromones seem to throw Chaotica for a loop. Well, it works in chapter 16 anyway. Now, the vial is sitting on a small pedestal next to the throne. I'll keep an eye out. Okay. Thanks for the briefing. I'll see you at the Fortress of Doom. And remember, you're the queen. <laughs> they did such a nice job with the sets and everything in this episode. I really like uh, the look again. It's very throwback, uh, you know, to the old Flash Gordon Buck Rogers serials. I also think it's kind of interesting how the characters can kind of operate sort of independently and Citizens of the fifth dimension, your feeble attacks are nothing but pinpricks to me. Surrender now, and I will be merciful. We're receiving a transmission. <laughs> they are surrendering. No. It's Queen Arachnia. It's Queen Arachnia. She wishes Arachnia. to cross the drawbridge. This guy's helmet, too, is pretty funny, I, for? both for the henchmen's and, and for uh, Chaotica. I present Her Royal Highness, Arachnia! Janeway makes a pretty good, you know, villainous-looking character in this. She kind of has, you know, Kate Mulgrew has sort of a classical kind of look, I think, about her. That way, especially in this, where they do her up in this costume this and make up... Uh, an she works pretty good in this part. Kindred souls meet at last. It's an honor to be in your presence, Majesty. I've always admired your... Clever fiendishness. Your taste is exceeded only by your beauty. This must be your death ray. Now that, my dear, is the cradle of persuasion. It's fully equipped. Brain probe. Pain modulator. Impressive. <laughs> it's good you have the lightning shield to protect your equipment. Yes. As long as it's electrified, I am invincible. But my greatest achievement is there. Behold the death ray. It looks like a formidable weapon. The most powerful in the cosmos. There is so much more I want to show. My throne, for example. The seat of my empire. Ah. I see you've kept my pheromones. I didn't realize you were the sentimental type. Your perfume inspires me. 
Would you mind? Oh, please. Somehow I feel comfortable here. <laughs> Join me. So Janeway, and she sits in the big chair, chair there and, uh, you know, One says adorned it, it with seems, the most precious jewels and the softest silk. Your Majesty seems overly concerned with romantic matters when there's a battle to be won. That is why you asked me here. Of course, my dear. Forgive me. It's just that the air itself seems to vibrate in your presence. We can't be slaves to our passion. Not when your empire is threatened. I've assembled my fleet of spider ships. However, the lightning <laughs> shield prevents them from approaching your fortress. We'll it's a pretty good job of living through some of this here. My and, uh, again, my soldiers wish to pay and the uh, and the sets just uh, just great. Ratified. I think this episode may have won of some course. kind of an award. I'll try to, have to look that up shield, and slip it in the notes for this uh, podcast. I thought it was something an uh, costume such a moment set to seize or my possibly. throne. Trying to recall. You don't trust me. There is a way you could convince me of your loyalty. Oh? I'll lower my lightning shield. But first, you must become my queen. Gather, my courtiers. Prepare for the ceremony. And don't forget to deactivate the lightning shield. So my subjects may witness the blessed event. Very well. Do as she says once her guests have arrived. Yes, sire. And so, my dear, <laughs> the day you have always dreamed of has arrived. She has this big day uh, silver like, spider in her hair, too. It's pretty funny. Of Chaotica! Photonic. Guilty as charged. You signaled me across the threshold. How? I believe you dropped your calling card. I return it to you. As a sign of good faith. Identify yourself. I am the president of Earth. Earth? A planet some distance from here. I've come on a mission of peace. Elaborate. Your people and the people of Earth have a common enemy. Chaotica. The one and only. He threatens to invade our realm, destroy our people. Join the club. Chaotica has designs on Earth, too. But we've withstood countless attacks. All thanks to one man. Captain Proton. Captain Proton? Defender of the universe. Scourge of intergalactic evil. And <laughs> a competent medic to boot. But don't say I said so. Even as we speak, he's preparing to destroy Chaotica's death ray. But he needs your help. Explain. Your weapons pose a threat to Proton's rocket ship. You must cease firing while he mounts this attack. Once Chaotica's death ray is destroyed, you can return to your realm confident that you'll never hear from him again. Captain Proton may proceed. 
on behalf of the citizens of Earth, I thank you. Robert Picardo, too, does a good job uh, with, uh, you know, looking that part. Space drive. Check. The, uh, Check. The 50s kind of, uh, Destructo really beam. 50s, 30s Check. style. Check. If I could access holodeck controls, the first thing I'd do is delete this guy. Delete this guy. No, as a matter of fact, as soon as this is all over, I think I'm going to delete the whole program. What about your historical study? <laughs> Class dismissed. No more robots, no more mad scientists, no more death rays. I am retiring my rocket pack, Harry. Someone else can save the universe from now on. Final chapter, huh? The end. Isn't anyone going to sing Hail to the Chief? Mr. President, how'd it go? My performance was unimpeachable. He agreed? Let's just say I'm considering running for office when we get back to Earth. <laughs> All right, then. Let's get this thing in the air and hope Captain Janeway is giving a command performance. Queen Arachnia. Don't tell me. My wedding ring. Dr. Chaotica's wedding ring. You will present it to him at the end of the ceremony. Your Majesty, <laughs> perhaps we should lower the lightning shield in anticipation of my guests. Why this preoccupation with the shield? Oh, forgive me. It's just that, as a fellow ruler of the cosmos, I often have to do things myself. Ah, because of the incompetence of your inferiors, no doubt. Something like that. Oh, Arachnia, <laughs> my love, my life. Yes, Captain Janeway well has to take care of things herself. Plight. Just like she is if it here. If beneath my dignity, I, I would weep. How I've longed for someone who would understand. We have a saying on Arachnia. It's lonely at the top. Uh, no longer, my dear. Majesty, Proton is preparing to attack. Ah! Ah. Target is rocket ship. You have betrayed me. You are in league with Proton. Impetuous harlot. Tell me how to deactivate the lightning shield. Or I'll show you just how impetuous I can be. What are you waiting for, you great lummox? Kill her! Ha! You're no match for Arachnia. Now tell me how to shut down the shield. The confinement rings. <laughs> ah, Tom warned her about stuff like that. Oh, don't worry. I wouldn't kill my bride. Not until after our wedding night. Reactivate the death ray. Destroy Proton. Uh oh. We've been hit. Well, I guess the captain ran into some trouble. We're not going down without a fight. Doc, activate the destructo beam. The what? The big button in the middle of that panel. Destructo beam! Kill the panel! Destructo beam activated. Another panel. No, not that button. This Just one. Just dropped out of range. 
We're losing altitude. Report. The alien weapons fire is increasing. It's causing the distortions to grow larger. We're being pulled deeper into subspace. Things are looking grim for Captain Proton and Queen Arachnia. Uh, incoming. Proton's ship is damaged, but still airborne. Not for long. Fire at will. Janeway's now out of those uh, constricting ring things, but now she's tied up. But she happened to get to the uh, the little uh, pheromone vial that she's holding and opened it. And it seems to be affecting uh, Queen, or Queen, excuse me, Chaotica's henchman, Lanzac. Arachnia? Lanzac. Quickly, Lonzak, no time for dawdling. Your beauty is maddening. Entangle me in your way. Get me out of here and I'll do all that and more. <laughs> At once, my queen. Back to your station! Ooh! Oh, Deactivate the shield. Now. Such passion. Such strength. Together we could conquer the universe. End this madness. And you may yet live to be my bride. The shield. <laughs> I'd love to have one of their little, little replica little lasers. Arachnia to Proton. Arachnia to Proton, do you read me? Arachnia to Proton. I'm reading you. The lightning shield is down. Acknowledged. Harry, target the death ray. Doc, fire the destructo beam on my mark. Ready? Now! <laughs> Seems like it would have just been easier to just turn off or destroy the death ray, but... The distortions are closing. We're realigning with normal space. Helm. Full impulse. Yeah, time to get out of there. Bridge to Janeway. Go ahead. The aliens have retreated and they've closed the distortions. We've cleared the subspace layer. Secure all systems and organize damage repair teams. Understood. We're preparing to shut down the holodeck. Chicote, give me a minute.
was about to say Captain Proton to the rescue, but I see you have everything under control. I'm the queen, remember? <laughs> Arachnia. Death, as you know it, has no hold on me. My defeat is but a temporary setback. I shall return to seek my revenge. He doesn't give up, does he? They never do. Our love was not meant to be, my queen. But be warned. You have not seen the last of Twisted madman. And you're going to miss him. <laughs> A little. <laughs> There's a little view screen that popped up that said the end and then question which is a classic, uh, again, throwback to the old stories that they did matched here. So there you go, Voyager's Bride of Chaotica. Not really a lot of uh, serious commentary this week. I just wanted to have a little fun and uh, just, you know, laugh along with the episode. It was kind of neat to this, you know, photonic life forms. They kind of played on that uh, a lot during Voyager's run, of course, with the Doctor being this holographic character and, uh, I thought that was kind of interesting and, uh, you know, another little spot in space that they get stopped in and uh, just to kind of play out the episode and then move along. And uh, and Tom Paris, of course, in his fascination with, the, you know, old, old Earth sci-fi type films and serials is always fun as well. So, hey, let's play a, uh, a father and son review of this episode, Bride of Chaotica, coming up right now on Treks in Sci-Fi. Hey everybody, I'm Rick. And I'm Nathan. And this is the Father, Father and Son, Son Review. You like that funky drum beat? Come on, I'm liking it. Are you liking it? I'm liking it. He's eating popcorn and liking it. Anyway. I'm only eating popcorn because it's like old movie day. Yeah, I know. I know it is. Because it is. It is old movie day because, Rico, you are reviewing... Bride of Chaotica. Oh no! Anyway, we had to do that because, well, Voyager is a great series, and Bride of Chaotica. I always thought it was Bride of Chakotay until I realized it was Chaotica. And anyway, Captain Proton and and Harry and Tom. I think um, Harry has a name, but I can't remember what it was. What's that? Harry had a name like Tom was Captain Proton. Oh yeah, like his sidekick. I don't remember what his name was. But, Seven uh, was in an episode. Yeah. Anyway, what a great concept. I thought it was really cool of when they – would you quit eating? It's really disgusting, and everybody's probably with their earphones on just grossing out. Stop eating at least for this part of it, okay? Okay. Well, anyway, um, I like the episode because it had a great concept behind it of having photonic beings um, sense something photonic going on in the holodeck and then coming in there and thinking it was reality when it wasn't at all reality. Anyway, it was just a really cool concept, and it was a fun show. Because we got to see things a little bit differently, and, and that's why I liked it on Voyager. How about you? 
I thought it was more of a political statement on if aliens came to Earth and watched our television shows and they thought that was reality, then they get a really twisted view on humankind. Wow. That's deep. That's totally deep and I'm I I just can't I'm throwing you a party right now. Everybody come on. Woohoo! Nathan, Ow! go Nathan, go Nathan, go Nathan. Anyway, so how many stars do you give the episode Bride of Chaotica? Chakotay. What? It wasn't Bride of Chakotay. It was Bride of Chaotica. What? How many stars do you give for um, that episode? Um, 3.5. Okay. I'm going to give it up there to 4 point because, I mean, I wouldn't give it 5 stars because it was, it was too, a little bit too comedic for me. But I really liked it. I liked the the style of bringing Buck Rogers, the old serial, into it, and um, and then mixing it with Voyager and the whole idea. So, and I I really like your your evaluation of it. That was very deep, Nathan. Thank you. So there you go. That's our take have on the political uh, analysts come in and go. What's like, that? Okay. Well, let's just. What about if we all? Let's say if we watched an episode of. Take Janeway, for example. Okay, stop. Stop. Oh, that's so funny. Okay, well, anyway, this is Rick. And this is Nathan. Eating popcorn. And this has been the Father and Son Review. Woohoo! Thanks, Rico. See you uh, next week on the 200 show. Woohoo! Yay. Party it up. Go, Janeway. Go, Janeway. Go, me. Go, me. Next on, Bride of Chakotay. Same bad time, same bad channel. Well, thanks, guys, uh, for uh, talking about Bride of Chakotay, Chaotica. Yeah, I think even when I first saw the episode, and I saw that name of the episode flash real quick up on the screen at the beginning, I also was confused a little uh, about that. Uh, but uh, thanks, guys, for your take on it. And uh, I, I like the drum beat and the... Duh! You know when you said uh, "Bride of Chaotica." Uh, the, by the way, uh, the uh, the Harry Kim's character, uh, you know Captain Proton's trusty sidekick. I don't know if they ever mentioned it in this one. Uh, I don't remember hearing his name mentioned. But it, according to uh, when I looked it up, it's he's supposed to be known as Buster Kincaid, and uh, so that was Harry Kim. And I also found another little quote here from uh, Kate Mulgrew on playing Arachnia. It says. That was the greatest fun. That was just wild fun. I, it was cut loose fun time. I mean, these opportunities are few and far between for the captain, and I think everybody said, oh, well, let's just let ha- Kate have a ball, and I did. So I thought that was kind of fun, and uh, she doesn't get to have a lot of fun playing, you know, the kind of fairly straight-laced Captain Janeway uh, on the show. So that's interesting, I thought, to read. Uh, next up, we have a little uh, commentary about some holodeck uh, uh topics uh this is from mike uh feathers on the forum he comes to us from the uk so take it away mike hi this is mike from london feathers on the forum i just thought i'd share a few of my thoughts on star trek holodeck episodes with you since this week you're looking at bride of chaotica i always thought holodeck was great technology but it's not always led to good stories tng for instance holodeck stories were always very stereotyped. Either something had gone wrong and they were using the holodeck to try and sort it out, so the episode where I think George is recreating Jupiter Station to do something with the dilithium crystals. 
Um, the alternative is people are in the holodeck doing something, and the holodeck goes wrong and threatens either them or the ship. So you've you've got a a storyline of somebody trying to get out of a malfunctioning holodeck or, or sort the ship out there. So that's a, a few research uses and, and lots of lots of problems. But what you never see is it being used as, as part of everyday life. I guess that's unfair. There are bits of pieces of Wolf's training films and training um, scenarios and, and various other things, but there was never really enough use of it there to settle it in as, as a sensible backstory. And, and as a result of that, the, the stories they based around the holodeck were never quite satisfying to me. Skipping through DS9, which never really used the holodeck at all, except for Vic's Lounge at the end, and I guess there were a few other occasions on the way through the seven years. Um, Voyager, in my opinion, does the thing a, a whole lot better. Right from the beginning, you've got Tom Paris's Paul Hall, where everybody went to unwind. Middle seasons, you have Neelix's resort-type place. And later on, you have the, the Fairhaven Irish Village. All of these being settings, location, holodeck activities where people went to relax. And they crop up in numerous stories, have no real impact on the story, except for the fact that people were in them. This gave us the holodeck setup as a rest and relaxation location, which is what I'm sure it was always intended to be. It's just that TNG even never really showed it in that light. So that setup wasn't there. But what that gave us in Voyager is a sort of impression of constant use of this thing, such that when it did go wrong and something then did happen, it wasn't an unusual, oh, look, they've gone in the holodeck as a story device, but they're in the holodeck, they're always in the holodeck, oh, look, this time something's gone wrong. And, and the other interesting one that they then brought in with that is not just holodeck malfunctions, but actual alien intervention. So Chaotic is a, a good example. The Beowulf story in the first season is another one where aliens unknowingly get caught up in what's going on, the holo- going on in the holodeck and therefore have an impact on, on the crew or, or the ship or whatever else. Voyager overall is just a better thought out use of this technology, in my opinion anyway, and leading to maybe not better stories but certainly more comfortable stories because they fit into the background that's been set up for the, for the story arc for the series and you're just far more comfortable with the use that the holodeck's being put to. So I'm sure I'm starting to ramble now, so I'm going to stop. But uh, thanks for all that you do. Thanks for the weekly podcast. It's been a part of my life for a little while now, and I won't say I don't know what I'd do without it, but certainly I enjoy it and uh, look forward to it every week. So thanks again. I'm sure I'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Well, thanks, Mike. That was very interesting. I, I, I loved what, uh, you know, the way you, you know, kind of went through the different series and how they dealt with the holodeck. Yeah. You know, part of it, I think, is just due to, you know, it's it's television and, okay, hey, we're going to do a story. We're going to involve sort of a, a different kind of a set, you know, and, and the story, the interest of it is, okay, it's on the holodeck, so something has to happen kind of a thing. But you're right. Voyager did slip a lot more of sort of the more... I guess, uh, hey, it actually works and the casual use of the holodeck than any of the other shows really did that much. So, yeah, I have to hand it to him for that. And that, you know, I was thinking about that when you said that, and I've thought about it a little bit before. And, of course, you know, Voyager being so far from home, and I, I would think that it would lead the crew. They couldn't exactly go off to a star base or a planet and have a little shore leave or anything like that. They would have had to use the holodeck a little bit more to sort of 
unwind and have a little more taste of home more than any of the other series would have to do so i guess it makes sense in that way so it's uh but yeah you're right it it, it does seem to malfunction a lot and things like that but thanks for your comments mike I, i really appreciate it how about a collectible review Right here on Tracks in Sci-Fi with Rico Dosky. Well, hey, everyone. Uh, I, even though the show is going kind of long, I really wanted to do a collectible review this week because uh, I've gotten a couple of new things lately, things that have uh, kind of been in the uh, pre-order stage for a long time and finally showed up. Uh, actually, both uh, pretty close within a week or so of each other. Which is always seems the way the way it goes, especially, especially towards the end of the year. I think a lot of these companies, you know, you pre-order these things so far in advance, and they finally show up, and they try to get stuff, you know, out before the end of the year, and you know, make a little money off of all their work. And uh, I got, I've gotten a couple, like I said, a couple of things the last couple of weeks. Uh, this one, uh, the, this item that I want to talk about is from Master Replicas. This is a uh, a Star Trek, I think. What is it supposed to be? A next generation? Hang on one second. I'm going to walk over. It doesn't even really say on the plaque. Huh, that's interesting. Although people who are experts on these will probably know. I'm not exactly. This is uh, this is what it says on the plaque from Master Replica. Star Trek, not Star Trek Next Generation or Star Trek Voyager or Deep Space Nine. It says Star Trek, which just seems wrong to me because... Uh, when you hear about what this item is, you'll know what I'm talking about. It says Star Trek, Starfleet Mark Nine Science Tricorder. And this basically is the tricorder, uh, the type of tricorder you would see on uh, TNG, Voyager, Deep Space Nine. And it's great. I, <laughs> I've wanted one of these for a long time, a very high-level and high-tech uh, and very well-done tricorder. Of course, there have been... Little toy ones that have been put out. Uh, nothing along as good of the as the Art Asylum, you know, communicator and phasers that they've done, and they're going to do a tricorder soon. They haven't done a TNG style or a next gen or Voyager style tricorder yet, uh, which would be cool. It'd be nice if they do that sometime. But this is the Master Replicas version. I just got this uh, just a few days ago, and it's it's amazing. It's basically almost all metal construction, and when you flip it open. You probably can hear that quite well. It has all kinds of great lights and sounds and everything like that. There isn't a a way to control anything or change the look or anything like that or press a button at all. It's just automated. You open it up, it starts. When you close it, it stops. And that's basically what, all what it does as far as functionality and everything like that. The back has four screws on it. And you take those off and you put three AAA batteries in and then you're good to go. But it looks amazing. I think the sound effects, it has the little ratchet sound when you close and open. If you can hear it, listen. And the ratchet is a sound effect. It's not actually something mechanical. But that, I think, is fine. Uh, Again, it's just got a lot of great LED lights. There's a little sequencing LED light that goes across on the view screen on it. Uh, and at the top, the, there's a pulsing one. I'll put pictures, of course, up in the collecting gallery and in the podcast notes for this week. 
but it's a great uh, piece. They did it in this sort of silver metallic uh, uh, looking paint job. Uh, I've worked with paints uh, for both, you know, my profession and just as a hobby for a long time. And the paint job is very well done on the on the metal surfaces. On the back, I was just a little bit disappointed. The back cover that you take off to put the batteries in doesn't quite have as nice a finish on it as the rest of the unit. Probably because I believe that piece that you take off is not metal, but it's plastic. The other thing I wanted to mention about this piece is the stand. Uh, the stand is very cool. You can display this tricorder on it uh, either open or closed. If you open it, of course, the sounds go off, but they will shut off after just two minutes of being on. So you can have it displayed open to show all the, you know, the, the cool look of the inside of the tricorder. And then, again, the sounds and the lights will shut off after two minutes, so you can leave it open like that inside the nice uh, covered case that they send along with it. I got number, uh, let's see, limited edition number 58 of 2000. I believe these are still pretty readily available, and I don't think the price is that bad, uh, really. If you check out, I'll put a link to them in the, in the um, I was going to say Master Replicas. I'll put a link to the Master Replicas item in the podcast notes, but they're all over the place. Uh, I'm sure you can find them on eBay, maybe get a little bit of a discount. Uh, you know, it's in the you know few hundred range, just like the normal Master Replicas high-end pieces are. But this is, to me, uh, you know, kind of for, for Trek fans, for TNG, Voyager fans and that. It's kind of an ultimate uh, cool item to have. And I'm sure it will go just like a lot of the other uh, Star Trek items that they've put out have gone. It will definitely uh, sell out pretty quickly and probably be still worth its money even in a few years, if not more. So I'm actually tempted at some point to pick up another one because, I don't know, there's just something about this thing that I really love, and it's pretty cool. And it's – did I already say? I don't know if I did, but it is remarkably heavy. It's actually probably heavier than I would think, uh, 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 you know, if you'd call it a real tricorder would be. Uh, you know, if they were carrying it around, it's it's almost too heavy. I'm not sure what it weighs. It's probably at least a pound, maybe more. Um, and it's relatively, you know, uh, it's it's one to one scale as the as the uh, replica to the TV show ones are. But the the weight versus the size of it is a little misleading in a way. It's a little surprising to me when I first picked it up and pulled it out of the uh, out of the box. But anyway, there you go. That's the uh, the TNG or Voyager style tricorder, the Mark IX science tricorder from Star Trek. Want to contribute to the weekly podcast with audio comments? Send them in to treksf at gmail.com or visit www.treksandsci-fi.com. Treks and Sci-Fi with Rico Dusty. Okay, just a few things to wrap up this week's show. We're going and pushing about an hour and a half for it, and but I, you know, I missed last week, so I had a little catching up to do, and I think I, I gabbed for quite a while about that uh, Star Trek trailer, which uh, I, I, I do just want to encourage everyone uh, if you're um, interested to see this, definitely go check out the Bond movie. It was a really good movie. If you like that stuff, you'll enjoy that as well as being able to get to see the trailer. I know I heard of a few places, and some people haven't seen the trailer with the film. Uh, so try to go to you know one of the better theaters in your area, and maybe you'll get lucky. I've heard most of the shows are, are showing the trailer with the Bond movie, and uh, both are well worth seeing on the big screen. Get out there and enjoy it uh, the way it should be seen. There's a couple of scenes, especially in the Trek trailer, that are just uh, very difficult to see, I think, uh, without seeing it on the big screen. You, you miss a lot of stuff. So anyway, that's enough about that. Next week, again, show 200. 
please contact me and send in those videos. I'd love to hear from a lot of you. You know, just uh, it doesn't have to be anything fancy. Just whatever you'd like to do, you know, the more the merrier. And let's have a good celebration have a great show 200. I hope to get a lot of them in by next Friday. So that's my last pitch for that. Uh, I do want to uh, mention you can still donate to the podcast. That's always available off the main website, the donation page, or the donation link, I should say, is there. You know, whether you want to just $5 even can help out uh, for equipment and website costs. Uh, I got a donation uh, maybe a week or so ago from someone who kind of wants to remain anonymous. But I'll just say she says that uh, please call her her Beneficent Highness pre princess oh my gosh i'm really slaughtering this i apologize uh princess lafta i don't know if she was trying to say latifa no not latifa l-a-f-t-a-h well anyway thanks princess for your donation and for everyone else that has donated in the past and anyone else who'd like to in the future just go to the main treks in sci-fi.com webpage and there's a link there and you can donate uh, a little one-time small donation whatever you'd like or more or a regular monthly donation uh you know it just it's all appreciated and all very helpful no donation is too small for rico to take <laughs> So uh, I think that's all. I, I, I just, uh, again, I want to say I appreciate everyone always listening to the podcast. You know, if you want to throw up a vote on Podcast Alley, please do so. Just search for the show over there. There's links to that on the main website as well. Also, an iTunes review is always great to see. Uh, I check those out and always like to see new ones up there. So until next time, until next weekend with the big video podcast event for Show 200, this is Rico. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week. I will talk to you again or see you, in a way, with the video show very soon. Bye-bye, folks. Hey, we're going to play Oh, one last thing. I'm going to play a little special little tune here from Rick Moyer to sort of take us out on the show. This is to uh, celebrate upcoming Thanksgiving here in the United States. Uh, we're about a week and a half, ten days away, but I don't think I really have a chance to talk much about it on next week's video show. So here is his song, Turkey Fen. Everyone, take care. Bye-bye for now. Oh.